So glad that you're here this morning. Um, yeah, we've been really praying for this service and for all of you. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are kind of sick under the weather. You know, weather's kind of weird. So I thought, you know what, I, I've been trying to pray as much as possible um, just to pray for, for healing. And so we're just going to pray uh, for God's healing power uh, this morning. Um, so let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that, that you are the living God and that you sent your son Jesus to come to die for us. Um, but, but you also sent Jesus to come so that we could have this intimate and personal relationship with you, that you love us personally, that you care about what's going on in our lives, that you come with your presence, you come with your power, and right now, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would heal people. Heal people here if um, they're sick or you know, they've been um, you know, just under the weather for a while. Father, we just pray now in the name of Jesus that you would heal them. And Father, all the people that we know who are suffering from a cold to cancer or whatever it is, Father, we just pray that you would send healing power now and that you would heal now in the name of Jesus that you are a God who heals, and nothing is impossible for you. And so with, with the faith that we have, we say, Father, just heal, God. That you would heal supernaturally, you would heal miraculously. Right now, God, we ask you as your children. And Father, we just ask that you would be with us this morning, that your Holy Spirit would just lead us into all truth, and that truth would set us free. We pray for more faith, that you would give us faith, that you would give us more love for the Lord Jesus this morning. That, that more than anything, God, we just ask that you would give us more love uh, for the Lord Jesus, that we would leave this place more in love with Jesus than when we came. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Max was talking about how, you know, this is a, a, a new series, and in some ways, this might really be the most important series of the year for us. Um, um, it's going to be a really challenging, it's a short series, but it's going to be really challenging. And just pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. you know. um, how many of you pray? How many of you pray? Yeah, we, most of us, we pray, right? How many of you have seen God answer your prayer? You know, most of us have seen God answer. What was your reaction when God answered prayer? How did that affect your life? You know, um, recently I've been praying for our daughter who is in Los Angeles and, you know, is living on her own and, and living there in Los Angeles in the area that she lives. has a lot of challenges. Um, you know, financially, it's just not, not easy to, 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 to take care of all your expenses and all that. And I really began to pray um, in over the last three weeks to really press in and pray for God's provisions, that God would provide for her. And uh, so I started to pray, you know, I said, God, that you love Michelle, Lord, and I would just pray that you would provide everything she needs, you know. <clears throat> and for her, every month is like, man, it's month to month, I mean, it's a struggle, right? Praying, and then a couple days later, um, uh, she texts that she got an unexpected raise, you know, just unexpected, she gets this raise. Uh, she's been studying for, I guess, when you are on the road 
um, to being an architect, you, you got to take all these tests, you know, these standard tests or whatever. There's like eight of them, and they all cost money, and you got to study. And you got to pay for study materials. And, 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 and she found out that her, her company will pay at least half of her monthly studies and all that. And, and that was really great, you know, that, that um, I just saw that like, wow, this is your provision. And then she was having some challenges in the, the house in which she's renting a room. You know, there are some things that are going on in the kitchen, and they've been without a kitchen for a while. And, and, and then she finds out just, you know, a couple of days ago, she found out that they're going to cut her rent in half this month because of all the hassles. And it was like, whoa, you know, man, it was like, God is, God is great. God really does answer prayer. You know, God... And, and, you know, when, I, when, when God answers like that, then you just want to pray more. So I just pray, God, just, just, you know, just, and your faith grows, and, and it's just so amazing, you know. And, and isn't it just this really great feeling that we have when God actually answers our prayers, you know. And, and you know, I just say all the time that prayer is the battle, you know, that prayer is not our last resort. Prayer really should be the first thing that we do. You know, so often it's like, oh, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I guess i got to pray now. No, prayer is the first thing that uh, we are to do, you know, that we need to remember that, um, especially in this really crucial time in the life of our church where God is saying you're entering into a new season. And there's going to be a lot of challenges as, as we enter in to the season. And it's like the season has begun. And I can't remember a time in the life of our church where there's so many really, really important and big things that are happening all at once. You know, these are the kind of things that if, if, if you're wise, you would just kind of do one at a time, one a year, that's enough, and you go from there. But this God is saying, the time is now, and this is the time that we need to step out in daring faith. And what God is doing is that He is... He is challenging us to go beyond common, our common view of Christianity and what it means to follow Jesus. Because when you really think about it, um, so often our faith is, is, is really self-centered. That it's focused on ourselves. You know, that God, I want this and could you give me this? And, and you know, when we follow, we follow with a hope that my life will get better. You know, that, that we follow, we trust God, hoping that, that you know, our, our kids will grow up. A certain, or, you know, things at work would be, would be really great. And, and we kind of end up with this real kind of self-focused kind of Christianity. And then we're reminded what Jesus said as the greatest commandment is what? Is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what's the other one? Is to love others as yourself. And we find that, that being a Christian is all about being other-oriented. Yeah? That we're to focus on others, not ourselves. In fact, Jesus said that I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life, you know, give my life as a sacrifice, as a ransom for many. And, and, and we find that, that, man, you know, that it's more than just about us. My wife likes to tell me, Mark, it's not always about you. You know, I don't know why, but, you know, but, but, you know that's the way it is. And, and what God is doing, he's saying, if, if church, if, if you would really understand 
and you would grab hold and you would live the kind of life that he's called us to live, everything will fall into place. He said, seek first all the things you want. And when you get that, you can serve the world. No, he says what? Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And then when you do that, everything you need will be given to you. There's a priority. And God is saying, as you live and you're other-oriented, it's okay because when you do that, I will bless you. I will make sure you get everything you need. And so often we think, man, we got to get all the stuff first. And when we get that, we can do what God wants us to do. And, and, and what God is saying is that now is a time we need to step out in daring faith. The time is now. That, that this is such a crucial time in, in, in the history of our country and the world, in the life of our church. And, and, and what, what Jesus is saying to us, and he's saying from the very, from the very first day, through this whole season, through this whole year, He's been saying to us, will you choose to live the way, um, will, you choose, will you choose to live the life that I'm calling you to live? Or will you choose just to stay and be comfortable in your life? And, and it's a challenge, you know, that will you choose to live the way you are right now? And some of us will say, that's pretty good. I like my life right now. And God is saying, but, but I, I, I have so much more for you. Will you choose to live your life, all its comfort, you know, and all its goodness? Or will you take a step of faith and will you begin to live the life that I have designed for you to live? And, and it's challenging. And it could mean... Uh, for some of us, is taking a really long and hard look at ourselves and how we're really living and what we're living for and making adjustments to make Jesus our top priority. Not just a priority, but our top priority. It may be dealing with, with, with things that you've been neglecting or things maybe that you've ignored. It may be issues and things and if you're married in your marriage. It could be relational issues. It could be work issues. It could be all kinds of things. How you're spending your time. You know, choosing to live the life that God wants you to live and not the life that we're comfortable living. It could mean making a decision to truly follow Jesus and, and to take some concrete steps to grow in your relationship with him. But for all of us, it's stepping outside our comfort zone, it really is, and taking steps of obedience. That's what daring faith is all about. That's what God's been calling us to. And, and, and choosing to step out, right? Choosing to step out in daring faith, that's our choice. And really what prayer is, is prayer opens the door that opens the next steps for us to walk through. See, that's how important prayer is. We got a choice. And we say, God, today, I will choose to follow you. And as you pray and you say, God, whatever you want, 
prayer begins to open the doors that God wants you to walk through. And, and as we step out, it's going to be really tempting, you know, to pray these, I need prayers. I need this. I need that. You know, God, you know, my, my daughter's in L.A. and she's, you know, like financially, man, it's rough. I need this. I need that. You know? Oh, God, it's just rough. You know, it's just as I follow you in this way and you want me to be salt and light at, at my workplace, God, I need this and I need that. And with all the transitions that we're going through, I need prayers. It's going to be so tempting just to pray those I need prayers. And there's nothing wrong with that. God always tells us to ask. We have not because we ask not. But, but if we're really going to step out in daring faith, we're going to have to go beyond these I need prayers. That, that we need to pray what we're calling, we've got, we got to begin to pray dangerous prayers. Dangerous prayers. They're dangerous because these are our prayers that if we ask, it, would literally, it will literally change your life. I mean, literally change your life. And we're going to be looking at three dangerous prayers that are so, so, so important that we all should be praying these prayers. But they're challenging. They're scary. Yeah. They're, they're not safe prayers, but they're important because there's this real sense of urgency. More and more, I'm hearing of people who are getting up in the middle of the night and what they feel is, like, man, I, I got to pray. Why is that? There's a sense of urgency that, that things are, 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 it just seems like things are speeding up. You know, that darkness is getting darker. And we got like, whoa. And we just can't sit back and cruise and like, man, this is a fun time. You know, I think for a lot of us, we feel like, man, we've got to, God is calling us to action. The time is now. And, and we need to begin to pray these dangerous prayers. And my encouragement to you over these next three weeks is, is man, really, really take it to heart. Really begin to, to say, God, God, I got to take this step of faith to believe that you're really you. And I'm going to take a step and I'm going to pray this prayer no matter how dangerous it is. And this week, we're going to start off with a bang. Okay. It's probably of the three, this is probably the toughest. This is a prayer that I, I would almost guess almost none of us have ever prayed in our lives. You know, that um, we're going to be asking God, Father, will you break me? Will you break me? Like, what? What was the last thing? He said, oh, yeah, Father... Um, Thank you so much for this food, and I'm just so happy. And by the way, Father, break me. But it's so important that, that it's, it's kind of scary because it's asking God to bring to light and to deal with anything and everything that's hindering us from truly walking as he created us to. See, that's scary is asking God to, to deal with in our lives 
things that, that maybe we need to grow in our character. You know? it, it, it's, it's asking God to, to reveal and to break off of us bad habits and attitudes and actions that are just detrimental. Addictions. It's asking God to remove and to break sin that we continually fight or maybe we even try to hide. He's asking God to, to, to deal with and, and to, 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 to settle unhealthy relationships and friendships. It's asking God to deal with the hurts that you've been trying to hide in your lives. It could be fractured relationships that we try to stuff. All the stuff that we don't want people to see. All the stuff we choose to ignore. We're asking God, God, we're saying, Father, will you break me? And being broken is not easy, right? It's not. But on the other side of brokenness is this real and deep intimacy with God. And there's an assurance that you won't have any other way that that he is going to be right there with you. And that's something you just can't get unless we go through brokenness. That he's going to be there. And brokenness is tough. But what you get, but what you get is worth all of what's going to happen and what's going to happen in your life. And all the brokenness that you feel is going to be worth what you receive is going to be worth all that. This morning, that's my encouragement. That will you pray that dangerous prayer and say, Father, break me. Break me. You know, one of the first things I did when I chose to follow Jesus was to memorize scripture. You know, and I, I just remember one of the first verses I memorized was Galatians 2.20. You know, I've been crucified with Christ. You know, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith, right? In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And even now, you know, when I, when I read and I, when I think about that verse, I think about how powerful that is. This is one verse. This how powerful it is. But also how challenging uh, this verse is in its application. And there are things, there's like three things that we got. And this is one little verse that I believe will help us to pray this dangerous prayer, Father, break me. The first thing is that we need to see and understand who God is. If we're going to pray, Father, break me, we're going to need to see and understand who God really is. That your love... An understanding of who God is is related, is, is, this, is, is you know, just how much you love God and how much you're going to follow Him. It comes right out of what you understand about Him, right? If, if you think God is mean and vengeful or that He delights in taking joy away from your life, that He's like the cosmic killjoy, you know, um, or that he pays more attention to what we do wrong than 
than what we try and do right. If that's your view of God, you're not going to trust Him. You're not going to trust Him to love you. You're not going to trust Him to, to care about you, much less break you, right? It's like, uh-huh, man, if God's like that, man, no, I'm not asking Him to break me. But if you really understand who God is, that, that, that you're going to trust Him. And, and you're going to allow Him to make every and any change in your life because you know He's doing it for your good. Galatians 2.20 reminds us that God loved us so much that he gave us his one and only son to die and pay the penalty for our sin. See, God, God didn't just say, I love you, but he demonstrated his love by giving us his son, that God is faithful and he loves us more than we would ever know, and that he didn't withhold anything from him, you and from me, you know, to, to have this relationship with us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5 says, All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. See, that's the comfortable life. That's choosing to live life the way you want to live. It's following the passionate desires and inclination of our nature. I do what I want to do. Right? But he says, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sin, even when we were stuck in our sin, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And we need to see and understand who God really is. That who he really is, that, that, that's the only way we're going to be able to pray, Father, break me. We need to know who he is, but we really need to understand and see and understand who we are. God is this loving God who withheld nothing. He gave us his one and only son who loves us so much that even when we are far from him, he sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. And that's really important, but we got to see who we are, who we really are. That the truth is, no matter what we think, every single one of us are people who are in need of a Savior. See, all of us need a Savior. Romans 3.23 says everybody has sinned. We all fall short of God's standard of His glory. You know? um, we all mess up. We all fall short of God. God's standards in in Romans 6, 23, it says, And the wages of sin is what? Is death. Is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Who are we? We are people who suffer the penalty of, of messing up and of sinning, which is death. And that we're all going to die. But if we have accepted Jesus as our Savior, if we're following Him as our Lord, um, um, Galatians 2.20 says, we've been crucified with Christ. That is no longer I who live in all our sin and all our mess, but it's Christ who now lives in us. And the life that I now live here on earth right now in the flesh, I choose to live by faith in the Son of God. Why? Because he's the God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You see? That, that we got to understand who we are that we are sinful people who have been saved purely by God's grace. 
And because of God's grace, 1 John 3, 1 says, we are God's kids now. That we get adopted into God's family. We get to be a son or a daughter. Ephesians 2.10 says that, that you are God's masterpiece. Yeah? You're not a mess anymore. You're God's masterpiece. Psalm 17.8 says you are the apple of God's eye. That's who you are. See? That you're a sinner saved by grace. But you're God's masterpiece. You are God's child. You, you are the apple of his eye. And when you understand how much God loves you, and you can see yourself for who you really are, it, it makes it a whole lot easier to say, Father, will you break me? Because you know how much he loves you. Imagine a man who seemed to have very little to live for, you know, begging on the streets here in Honolulu. And one day this limo, long stretch limo pulls up and a, and a person inside offers him a job at a vice, you know, as a vice president of his very, very successful company. And we would think, man, that's like a fairy tale. You know? That's the kind of stuff we see on YouTube. And nothing like that would ever really happen. But you, know, you think about it, that's a small picture of what God has done for us that he's rescued us from a life that was headed in the wrong direction. You know? That he gave us a new home. That, that we all have a home that is being prepared for us in heaven. You know, that that, that he, he's given us and invites us to be a part of his family. Okay? That's what God does. Well, let's say this man rejects that offer. The guy pulls up. Come on, come on in, man. You know, you're going to be able to get everything that you could ever imagine. Your life is going to change. It's going to turn around. But let's say this man rejects that offer uh, for several reasons. First thing is, maybe the man rejects that offer um, because he looks at what he would have to give up. That he would have to leave his possessions in maybe that shopping cart. He's going to have to leave behind all that he knows, and it's not much. And for a lot of us, we're going to say, well, it's not very good at all. But it's really familiar to him. That's all he knows. That's his stuff. And that offer sounds really, really, really great. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, the few possessions that he owns, it's like, I don't know if I really want to leave it behind. Then he thinks that I'm going to have to work. You know, I'm going to have to work. And I'm going to have to accept responsibility for my life. And life was hard, but at least no one was expecting anything from him. And uh, he decides that, you know what, as good as that sounds, I'll just keep living the way I live. Because I'm comfortable with this. You know, that I don't have much, but, you know, and he rejects that offer. 
does a man in that story really understand, you know, really understand what he's given up? That he's given up a home, job, purpose, financial provisions, and more. But he just passed it all up to keep what he had. Wouldn't we all think, like, man, that's kind of foolish. That's like a foolish decision. But you know, are we like that man? You know, are we like that man? That, that we know how good God is. That we know how much he loves us. We know that he sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. We know how amazing he is. And we know who we are. And we know who we are without God. But we also think about our lives the way it is. We think about the stuff that we have. We think about the stuff that we have in our carts that we're going to have to give up. And we think it might not be the greatest, might not be the best. It may not even be, you know, it might, it might be really, pretty lousy. But, but it's familiar. And in some way, we're comfortable with our life. And in light of who God is and who we are, we're just faced with this really important decision to make. And it's, well, we, we need to decide whose life that we're really going to live. Whose life are we going to live? We need to understand who God is. We need to see and understand who we are. And now we've got to decide whose life we're going to live. Are we going to live our life? Or are we going to choose to live the life God has designed for us to live? You know, that's, that's the question. And we think, man, that guy in that story, come on. But, you know, I know. I, I feel that tension. I don't got much. But I'm pretty comfortable the way life is. I kind of know what to expect day in, day out. And in some weird way, I'm kind of in control. I get to do what I want to do. I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what he's going to ask me to, to do or where he's going to ask me to go. And, you know, I don't know what he's going to say, will you give up? And it goes back to who do we think and see who God is? You know, is God really that loving Father? Who loves us? Are we really the apple of his eye? You know, is that who we are? Because if we are, wouldn't it be a wise decision to say, Dad, you know, you know far better than me. And whatever you have for my life, I know it, it's got to be better than what I think my life should be. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to choose to live the life that you designed me to live. Because I tell you what, that's got to be great. That's got to be great. <clears throat> and that's what the Apostle Paul is saying in Galatians 
He's saying that he made a choice to live the life God designed for him to live. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. See, he's made a choice. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, while I'm on earth, he's saying, the life that I'm living on earth, I'm going to live in faith, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's what I choose. And that's the choice we have. And when we make that decision to choose the life that God has for us, it leads us to that dangerous prayer where we say, God, I choose the life that you have for me. And so, Father, I pray now that will you break me? Will you break me and mold me and prepare me and get me in a place where I am truly going to live for you? <clears throat> you see, it's hard. I know it's hard. But it's also the door to an amazing future that God has for you. Charles Spurgeon, awesome preacher of yesteryear, he says this, Is it not a curious thing that whenever God means to make a man great, he always first breaks him in pieces? Huh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a happy quote. I understand there's so much more and so much better the longer that I live and I follow Jesus. That there have been times in my life where I feel exactly that. That God is just breaking me into pieces. That God is just blowing up my life. But I also look back and it's resulted in times of his greatest blessing. You know, that, that is just amazing. It's been about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half, since I got back from my sabbatical. And heading into the sabbatical, my prayer was, God, teach me to abide in you in a deeper way. God, teach me you know, more than anything, God, that I want to abide in you, abide in Christ in a more deeper and more meaningful way. And pretty much, I was asking God, Father, will you break me? And, and that's what he did. And the two words that people ask me, you know, what was sabbatical like? It was fun, huh? Uh, it was heart surgery, is what I say. It was heart surgery. That, um, it was a time in where I came face to face with a lot of junk in my life. And I didn't have the busyness of, of church, ministry. I didn't have all that stuff to kind of distract me. I was just le left and alone with me and all that junk stuff in my life. And God was doing spiritual heart surgery. And he was removing things from my life that I was hanging on to. And it wasn't like I could run away, you know. 
And I never felt more alone in my life. And I was literally alone. You know, that everybody was out of the house. There I was. Me and puppy. You know, and God. And then I remembered. Dog spelled backward is God, so it was right there. And it was, it was really hard. And I felt literally like, man, I was my life. And it was just being broken into pieces. And I looked and not only did I look more and more like Humpty Dumpty, I kind of felt like Humpty Dumpty being just... And, and it was hard. But I looked back and, 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 and God... God did something that I am so grateful for. That, that I look at that and I see where I am as a result of that year and a half. And my life has changed. You know, I keep, every day, I tell my wife, I say, I just had the greatest time with God. You know, and I just, I just, I just, can't wait to just spend time with God. And, and God speaks to me uh, like he's never spoken to me before. That, that I hear him and I sense his presence all the time, not just in my anointed shower. That's still anointed in there, but everywhere else. And I'm not perfect. And God continues to just remove stuff and sh- but I'm excited about that now. And I can just hardly wait for tomorrow and the next day. Because, because being broken isn't easy and it hurts, but the truth is that God never wastes a hurt. You know? That, that I'm so grateful that God just didn't look at me and say, oh, poor Mark, he hurts. God never wastes a hurt. He never does. That so often, to those whom God uses the greatest are those who have been broken in the deepest way. Because God doesn't waste a hurt. Here's the question. Are you going to live by faith in the Son of God? Or are you going to live by faith in who you are? That's a choice. And I just want to encourage you. Let God show you just who He is. You know who He is. How good and gracious and loving and powerful and how much He cares about. You know that. And maybe He never thought about who you are. And God sees you and, and, and yeah, we, we messed up and yeah, we had a whole bunch of junk in our lives. But he sees someone forgiven. He sees his son. He sees his daughter. He sees the apple of his eyes. He sees his masterpiece. And that's how God sees us. And then we just stop and we say, God, I want to live the life you have for me. And so, God, do whatever you need to do. 
whatever you need to do, because I know it might hurt, but it's for my good. I know it is. And so, Father, I just say, Father, break me. Father, break me. I believe with all my heart, some of you right now are just that you're breaking. And that there's things crumbling all around you. And that it's like, man, you're just so tempted to fight to keep it all together, right? And I just want to say to you, just trust God and let Him break you. He, he doesn't take pleasure breaking someone. But He don't waste the hurt either. And how you come out on the other end. It's going to be so worth it. So why don't you stand with me? And here's the thing, all right? If you've never, ever made a decision to accept Jesus really as your Savior, not your mama's Savior, not the Savior of your family, not, oh, because I came to church, but if you never said, Jesus, you're my Savior, I need you, and I'm going to follow you, then you know what? Today, part of Father Break Me is right there. Just take that step. And we're going to pray together for that in a little bit. If you made that decision to, to really follow Jesus, I just want you to join me. I was going to say misery loves company, but it's not misery. It's joy. Now, I want you to join me and say, Father, will you break me? Remove all the junk that hinders me from walking in your best life for me. Break me. And we're going to pray for that. All right? So let's pray right now. And if you've never accepted Jesus, you just pray along. And you just say, Father, I see how much you love me. I understand that. And so I want to grab hold of your free gift to me. I just heard that it's by grace that we're saved. And so I just say today, Jesus, will you be my Savior? And I'm just going to choose to follow you. I choose today to begin to live the life that you designed me to live. Thank you. And then for us, for some of you here, it's Father, will you break me? Will you break me? Just tell your Father in heaven, Father, will you break me? Will you break me? Will you remove everything and anything that's hindering me from following Jesus and walking in the life that you have created me to live. Will you break me? Father, thank you that we can pray that prayer. And yeah, it's dangerous. But we're praying this to our Father in heaven who loves us and we are so thankful. I pray, Father, for every person here who has prayed that. I pray that you would continue to break them. That they would become more like your son. They would begin to walk in the life that you have for them.
Father, break us. We thank you in Jesus' name.